Hey, podcast listeners, be sure to check out our website at www.dead-celebs.com, where you can find all of our past episodes, links to our social media sites, and more. Welcome to the Dead Celeb Podcast. Tonight, we talk about the life and career of Mr. Patrick Swayze. Welcome to the Dead Celebs Podcast with your hosts, Brent Novak and Tana Satterley. Tana, any thoughts on Mr. Swayze before we dive deep into his life? Just that it's such a tragedy because he was so talented and his work ethic was phenomenal. And you will see that as we talk further about his movies and his life. He had a big heart. He wasn't just a macho man. You'll see that coming up. This doesn't sound like anybody had a bad word to say about the guy. Not a word. Even at his bottom. That's right. So Mr. Patrick Swayze was born on August 18th in 1952 in Houston, Texas. Big ranch family. He had an older sister, two younger brothers, and later on his family adopted a little girl at age four, and her name was Bambi, and she was from South Korea. So big family. Uh, mom was the dance choreographer, dance instructor to all of them. They all got involved at very young ages. And I think that Patrick said in one of his interviews that basically as soon as he could start walking, he was dancing with his mom. However, a lot of what I've seen and read his mom was very strict. In fact, she was very hard at them and pushed them and pushed them to succeed, which it served him well later in, in his life. But I think maybe the other siblings didn't fare as well. Um, he was very athletic. He played football until his senior year of high school when he injured himself playing football, he decided that he was going to study dance from then on out. And there are some reports that Patricia Swayze, very intense with all the kids, there were times that she was actually abusive. Yes. One instance, he was 18 years old. His mom was really laying in on him as the quote stands. His father came in and said, don't you ever touch my son again or I will divorce you. She never heard him again, but he was 18 years old. Gosh, what was she thinking? We don't know the circumstances and I'm not excusing it, but I'm, I'm glad he didn't retaliate. That would be probably even worse. Or at that point, I think if my mom is hitting me and I'm 18, I at least hold her back in a situation that right. keeps everything until she cools down. Right. And I'm sure he was probably bigger than her at that point. <laughs> and it, Yeah, right. And especially it sounds like he's a full grown man and a martial artist too. So right. mom doesn't know what she's dealing with at the time. Patrick really loved Tarzan and playing frequently with his younger oh. brothers. Sometimes his brothers would be ape. I don't know the other sidekicks for Tarzan, but it <laughs> sounded like Patrick always was Tarzan. And that is a role that kind of got away from him because he said oh. in certain interviews that he really wanted to go out and play Tarzan eventually. Needless to say, it wasn't, oh. never happened. Some of the lineage in his life, his grandfather was a world war one pilot and patrick as you know he was also a pilot he was along with his wife patrick's father his nickname was buddy everyone called him little buddy and it's a name that really stuck and if you'll see interviews with people that works closely with him they literally refer to him as buddy except for rob Lowe. and i think this one was an interesting interview he said i just can't call him buddy he is patrick to me i can't call him buddy but his wife over and over consistently refers to him 
as Buddy. And to me, I don't see it either. I can't call him Buddy. He's Patrick. Real briefly on his knee that he hurts during football. This is a knee issue that's going to cause a lot of headache during Patrick's career, including on Dirty Dancing and other events where he's he's doing his stunts in re-injuring this knee and some bad luck with a tooth that comes into play later on. He gets some sort of staph infection so bad that it goes to his knee and there were threats of amputation. While Patrick was in high school, he had a bully incident. He was going from dance to music class carrying, I believe, a trombone in his dancing shoes when according to his brother don three young high school men started (laughs) saying to him twinkle your toes for us pretty boy patrick went to his mom and his coach and his mom's advice was beat the snot out of them patrick actually goes to his coach and his coach recommends putting on a pair of boxing gloves and he brought each bully in one at a time and there were no more fights after that that is Excellent. I love that. Kind of a good way to solve bullying issues, right? Yeah. Growing up in Houston, Swayze was consistently pushed by his mom while he would later credit her for her strong work ethic. Her demand for perfection at times veered into physical abuse, as stated earlier. Per Lisa, Patrick's wife, who we're going to talk about in just a little bit, the actor's mom was really an example of what happens in families in a cycle of abuse. She could be very violent, but it was nothing compared to what she endured growing up in the stories I heard about what she went through with her own mother. Childhood friend Larry Ward stated, you never cross Patsy. If she said to be there by midnight, by golly, don't make it 1201. Oh, okay. Patrick, of course, taking lessons from his mom, going to dance class. There was a new student in town who walked up to the storefront and longingly looked in because she wanted to take dance lessons. So Patsy came out and spoke to the young girl and the young girl basically told her that she couldn't afford dance lessons. And Patsy said, no problem, come on in. So she, in effect, took free lessons for about a year. Right around a year or so is when she met Patrick. The first time they were in a room together and they danced together, they looked in each other's eyes. And I guess what some may call love at first sight, but it was just this look and they both describe it as just something magical. And I I think that's really neat. You know, their love story through all of this, because she was there till the very end. Through the good and the bad. At age 18, he won a gymnastics scholarship to San Jacinto College in Houston before dropping out to skate in a touring Disney on Parade ice review as Prince Charming in Snow White. The year is 1972. His first professional appearance as a dancer. A few years later, 1975, Patrick marries Lisa Niemi on June 12, 1975, until his death. They had no children, but Lisa had suffered one miscarriage. In a 2008 interview, he stated that she was the inspiration for his song, She's Like the Wind. Which that went to number three on the Billboard charts. 1976, he made his Broadway debut in Good Time, Charlie. Also that year in 76, Patrick discovered an abscess in one of his teeth or a pocket of pus caused by an infection, just like we talked about earlier. Developed into a staph infection, this infection entered his bloodstream and settled into his bad knee. This caused a high risk of losing that leg. According to Swayze, they had one week which to try and save the leg. If they pushed it any longer, they'd have taken it off at the hip. Luckily, they were able to save that leg. At the hip? Oh my gosh. Yeah, luckily. We may not even 
know who he was. No, he'd be some dude in a wheelchair somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. He maybe he turns into a film director, a film director, or a play director, or maybe. You maybe know. he's a dance teacher. Maybe he's a dance teacher. <laughs> he can right? teach, right? Teach. Yeah. Oh gosh. I guess this was the driving force on him stopping ballet and moving into musical theater. Yes, it is. And Tana, in 1978, what did he do? In 1978, he played the role of Danny Zuko in the Broadway production of Grease. He sure did. He got a little lucky in 1979, sort of, as he headed on to L.A. with the bold light and bright city. He made his film debut as Ace in Skate Town, USA. And he got some Which, great reviews from this movie. Absolutely, yes. So everyone was talking about him but nobody liked the movie. And somebody even said, not since Valentino have we seen such a beautiful display of male sexuality on film. It was just something so corny, honestly. And I saw clips of that and he just was amazing the way he moved on that roller brink floor. I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't seen the movie. Maybe what we should do is have a, a watch party watching Skate Town <gasps> and then should. Purple Rain. Yeah. Yes. Purple Rain, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be a funny watch party. <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. Oh, God. Any of our viewers or listeners right now, if you are wondering, Purple Rain is a movie that Prince was in, and we covered Prince on an earlier episode. So if you missed that, make sure you check it out. Please do. Tana has a a nice review on Purple Rain and how much she (laughs) loved Prince's acting. In the late 1970s, I did not know this, Patrick Swayze began practicing a tradition of Buddhism. Oh, he became a little Buddhist. Yes, I did read that somewhere. And here's another interesting tidbit. In 1980, he choreographed dance scenes for the movie Urban Cowboy. Urban Cowboy, which starred John Travolta, where we'll find out Patrick and John's connection later on in trivia. Check out our sister podcast, Talk Murder to Me. Step into the captivating world of true crime with an unexpected twist of humor. With John's compelling narrative and Jen and Nicole's amazing banter, this podcast offers an entertaining and unique approach to true crime storytelling. Talk Murder to Me can be found on any podcast platform, also streaming live Saturdays on YouTube. Art and life mimic each other. He appeared in an episode of MASH called Blood Brothers as Private Sturgis, whose wounds are minor, but who is found to be terminally ill with cancer. Oh, a little Uh, foreshadowing there. A little foreshadowing is right. Uh, 1982, he had a brief stint on the short-lived TV series The Renegades, playing a gang leader named Bandit. He bought a DeLorean after booking his job and was hoping to use the money towards his ever dreamed upon ranch. Yes. And all of that was in an effort to make his father proud. Sadly, while shooting renegades, he was told that his father died suddenly while hiking with his dogs. He had a heart attack. This began a spiral of drinking while Swayze was already a longtime smoker at this point. This drinking led to many bar fights and dangerous drives while intoxicated. Swayze's breakthrough role in the film industry as an actor came in 1983. Three's The Outsiders, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Rob Lowe states everyone on set had access to beer after shooting, including himself at age 17 and C. Thomas Howell, who was only 15 at the time. Rob Lowe states that Patrick would stand on bricks for promotional pictures to appear taller in the shots. Oh, goodness, that's funny. <laughs> 
You know, Rob Lowe talked about how he auditioned for the Outsiders. And it was all of them. It was Matt Dillon. It was Tom Cruise. It was Patrick Swayze. They were all in a round table going over the script. And it was more like a workshop. It was like they were all kind of in it together. And there was a little bit of a rivalry when they would read different parts, a little bit of vine for that lead or whatever. And you just named off a bunch of amazing actors and not only those guys, but Ralph Macchio is in that film too. It's just so oh, yeah. many talented so actors. Many. Yes. So many. Yeah, that was just a few. <laughs> it's just those is a few, just six. Easy. Yeah. I mean also that same year, Swayze played a Marine Corps trainer in Vietnam rescue film Uncommon Valor with Gene Hackman, who if you haven't seen is there, are they alive or dead, check them out. Is Gene Hackman alive? I don't know. As of today, he may be. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. I hope Gene is happy. The following year, Swayze, Howell, and Howell's friend and fellow outsider actor, Darren Dalton, reunited in Red Dawn along with Jennifer Gray. C. Thomas Howell in an interview states that Jennifer Gray and Patrick Swayze had a love scene written for them in Red Dawn. Patrick worked oh. on getting it out of the script based on the fact that they were running from the Russians and it didn't fit the film. But this was a meaty five-page scene, according to Howell, for Jennifer where her character grows and she wanted to do it. In the end, Patrick won and the scene was not filmed, starting, wow. starting their feud. Oh, I did not know that's what started their feud. Interesting. 1986, Lowe and Swayze reunited in Youngblood. Swayze tries to get the movie producers of Youngblood to use the song, She's Like the Wind, to no avail. And Rob Lowe states, this is a hockey movie. Where are we going to put this? <laughs> good point 1985 and 86 film tv series north and south right here in south carolina where both tan and i live Yay! an american civil war series that follows the intertwined lives of two families the hazards of the north and the mines of the south capturing the social political and personal conflicts that arise this is labeled as the most expensive miniseries at the time and patrick actually took voice lessons from local charleston voice coach Stephanie Samaras. Samaras. Oh. Yeah, I think that's her name. According oh. to our one of our producers, we got sound big, Jody Riley. Oh, 1987. Drum roll, please. Ooh. Dirty Dancing, one of the most classic films, one of my favorites growing up. It was actually planned for a one week release, then it was going to go to video. Oh. In addition to the acting and dancing, Patrick Swayze wrote she's like the wind he finally got his song in a movie and it was perfect it actually became a top 10 hit this film was the first to sell 1 million copies on video and as of 2009 it had earned over 214 million dollars worldwide on a budget of like five million dollars yeah that's what's very, even more impressive very small yes right. Swayze received a Golden Globe nomination for the role Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey they reunite in this movie we heard about their feud starting earlier part of what I think they butted heads about she was very dramatic and not in a good way like she would be crying and laughing and giggling while they were trying to film I will say this in all of the interviews that I watched with Patrick Swayze, he never said a bad word or a bad thing about Jennifer Grey. He he was very respectful of her. And I, I appreciate that. I think that's admirable. Jennifer Grey comes out with a book 
later out of the corner she apologized to the late patrick swayze at that point in her career she states she was scared and over her head and she was sorry oh that's good that she apologized and also i will say this in the interviews i saw of her she also no, never said a bad word about patrick and this was even prior to his death. Jennifer Gray states the lake lift scene and how painfully cold it was. She said, I really thought my nipples might fall off. Well, okay. <laughs> More drama, dirty dancing. During the log balancing scene, while Jennifer Gray used the stunt double, Patrick did all his own stunts, falling several times. According to producer Linda Godlib, the next day, Patrick's knee blew up to the size of a grapefruit, and she had to take him to the hospital, draining the fluid from the knee. She stated very little filming time was missed. Again, talk about work ethic. He just pushed through all of that pain, and there was a lot of it through the years. Uh, 1989, Roadhouse. The action film Swayze played the role of Dalton, the tough philosopher, bouncer, hired to clean up a rowdy bar. The film became a cult classic, showcasing Swayze's ability to seamlessly blend action and charisma. And then in 1990, the romance thriller Ghost, Swayze starred as Sam Wheat opposite Demi Moore, Whoopi Goldberg, and Tony Goldwyn. Interesting tidbit about Whoopi Goldberg being in the film, she wasn't the producer's first pick. And Patrick Swayze basically told them, either she's in or I'm out. And it's very interesting. They didn't even ask Whoopi to audition. Until Patrick said, I want Whoopi. At what point, director Jerry Zucker did not want Patrick Swayze. He said, over my dead body, will Patrick get this role? Seeing his character from Roadhouse is not the stockbroker successful type, but more of a cowboy as in his previous films. Patrick had to do six to eight scenes in order to convince them to cast him. But when he did, they were all crying. He wooed him <laughs> yes. a lot. He sure did. And according to longtime wife, Lisa Nemi, Patrick hated reading scripts and she really pushed him to read Ghost. After reading it, he was in tears saying he had to do it. Yeah. The same year Ghost comes out, a very interesting, notable skit happens with Chris Farley called Chippendale's Audition. The skit Aww. aired October 27th, 1990, and we talk about it in depth in our Chris Farley episode. Yes, that's episode number two, so check it out. Next, in 1991, he starred alongside Youngblood castmate Keanu Reeves in another major action hit, Point Break. He was named People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive that year. Point Break was actually, in my opinion, was a fantastic movie. I'm not a huge action thriller kind of person, but that was... A fantastic movie. Interesting bit of information about Point Break. He was actually issued a cease and desist order from the producers of this movie because he was jumping out of airplanes because he wanted to do the scenes where they were skydiving. The original takes were filmed with a stunt double, but he asked them and made them promise that once the principal shooting was over, that he could go back and try to film skydiving so that he could be the actual actor in the take. He went back and did it. It's actually him. It's not a stunt double. You know, of course, I understand issuing a cease and desist. They don't want their, their star to be injured. <laughs> or die but yeah and looking back you know as a kid watching that i'm like oh he jumps out of a plane yeah whatever like it's yeah. safe but right right uh, yeah <laughs> 
if something goes wrong, you lose your actors. So they're right. like, okay, well, we've got everything we need. You can jump down. So, I mean, even though it's like a surfing movie and he does a lot of the surfing, that wasn't the difficult part for him. It was the skydiving. And he, it was like he was practicing. It was over and over and over. And that's why they were like, no, you got to stop this. Uh, personally, things get a little tough for Patrick in 1993 mm-hmm. after suffering alcohol abuse from the death of his father he enters rehab in arizona his wife lisa stated his drinking was out of control it was hurting his life it was hurting his career patrick saw himself turning into things he never wanted to become sadly in 1994 patrick's older sister vicky after battling years of depression had committed suicide a mother of two she was 46 patrick's mom called her beautiful and gifted Also that year, Patrick and his wife dance on stage together at the World Music Awards. So then next up in 1995, Swayze appeared in the movie Two Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, starring alongside Wesley Snipes and John Leguizamo. Leguizamo, is that how you say it? Leguizamo. Leguizamo. (laughs) They star as three drag queens. And let me tell you, I think his years of dance training, I mean, he's a perfect drag queen, right? Yeah. Yeah, he is. He really, he's almost too perfect. And it's Legazamo is how it's pronounced. I'm sorry. (laughs) Legazamo. I'm trying to be all Italian. Yeah, yeah. and he's Mexican, I think. He's Spanish. Okay, blooper, blooper. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, as a kid, I remember saying, I am so disappointed because we're 95, so I'm 20 years old. And I'm like, why is the Roadhouse actor slack? Why was he dressing up like a girl? I don't want to watch that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I could see how you would say that. <laughs> yeah. I did it just like that, too. 1997, he gets his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. 1998. While filming Letters from a Killer, Swayze was thrown from his horse at high speed where he was crushed into a tree. He broke both legs and tore the muscles in his shoulder, causing him to stop doing his own stunts. A couple years go by and Swayze's career is fairly quiet, but he's still drinking. Swayze, who is a pilot, made the news on June 1st, 2000 while flying with his dogs in his twin engine Cessna from Van Nuys, California to Las Vegas, New Mexico, not Nevada. His plane developed a pressurization problem causing Swayze to make a precautionary landing on a dirt road in a housing complex in Prescott Valley, Arizona. Plane's right wing struck a light pole, but Swayze was unharmed. According to the police report, witnesses said that Swayze appeared to be extremely intoxicated and asked for help to remove evidence from the crash site, namely an open bottle of wine and a 30-pack of beer. He made himself unavailable to police for several hours. It was later determined that the alcohol in question was not in the cabin, but stored in the external storage compartments inaccessible in flight. And the probable cause of the accident was Swayze's physical impairment due to the cumulative effects of carbon monoxide from engine exhaust, byproducts, carbon monoxide from heavy tobacco use, and a loss of undetermined amount of cabin pressures resulting in hypoxia. Oh, yeah, that's a mouthful. All that is a okay. mouthful, but it but it looks yeah. like Swayze could have been drinking and maybe he wasn't. And maybe if he was, he was hiding it, but he was smoking in his plane while he yeah. was flying. He was a heavy smoker. Swayze would later say about his alcohol abuse, drinking becomes a little secret world that you think nobody knows about. I hear a lot of alcoholics say that. 
In 2001, he appeared in Donnie Darko, where he played a motivational speaker who is revealed to be a closeted pedophile. And also that year, he co-starred with Billy Bob Thornton and Charlie Theron in Waking Up Reno, which focuses on two redneck couples taking a road trip from Little Rock to Reno to see a monster truck rally. I don't think I ever saw that movie. I don't think I ever will see that movie. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like... I feel like Donnie Darko was the end of his movie career, even though it was yeah. a back, it was a smaller indie. When you think of Patrick's movies, yeah. I think most people will put Donnie Darko in there. They're not going to say this Billy Bob Thornton movie. They're right. not going to say his, yeah. his last TV show, which yeah. he worked really hard on, which is sad. I know it's very sad because he worked super hard being sick and so. going for treatment. Yeah. So in 2004, he had a cameo appearance in the Dirty Dancing prequel, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, as an unnamed dance instructor. But we know who that dance instructor was, don't we? We know yeah. who he was. Absolutely. He was, was actually, this? I don't know what the character's name was, but he was offered like $6 million to do a sequel for Dirty Dancing, and he turned it down. I, don't I have a feeling it would have been garbage, though, don't you? Yeah, that would be hard to top. There'd be so many expectations on it, and if it didn't turn out to be good, there aren't many sequels that are better than the original anyway. Yeah, you know? there aren't. More plane issues on December 27, 2006. Swayze and Nimi, who was also a licensed pilot, experienced a second incident while flying together en route to their New Mexico ranch. During the climb from their original airport, they experienced a loss of power followed by a total failure of the right engine. Nimi, who was in the pilot seat for the flight, successfully landed the plane in Van Nuys. In late December 2007, just after filming the pilot episode for The Beast, Swayze began to suffer a burning feeling in his stomach caused by a blockage of his bile ducts. Three weeks later, in mid-January, he was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. He traveled to Stanford University Medical Center for chemotherapy and experimental treatment, which doctors hoped would cut off the blood supply to the tumor. On March 5th, an article reported that Swayze had very limited amount of disease, and he appeared to be responding well to treatment. Swayze's doctor confirmed the actor was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, but insisted he was not as close to death as other reports suggested. I can imagine the tabloids at that time. They were eating that up. Yeah, they were. And according to Swayze, the first noticeable effect happened on New Year's Eve. He had some champagne and Mm. it felt like he was drinking acid. That's right, yes. So in September of 2008, Patrick Swayze appeared on the ABC, NBC, and CBS simulcast Stand Up to Cancer to appeal to the general public for donations for the initiative. Swayze said to a standing ovation, I dream that the word cure will no longer be followed by the words, it's impossible. Together, we can make a world where cancer no longer means living with fear, without hope, or worse. People went up to Swayze and said, there's a cure for cancer. There's got to be a cure for cancer. And he came out and stated, if there was one, I'd find it. So in 2009, in an interview with Barbara Walters, which aired in January, Swayze admitted he had a little tiny mass on his liver, but he told Walters that he wanted the media to report that he was kicking it. When Walters asked him if he was using any holistic alternative methods of treatment besides chemotherapy, Swayze said he was using some Chinese herbs. Well, she said, you're a lifetime smoker. Are you still smoking? And he said, yes, I'm still smoking. And she said, why? And he said, what's the point of quitting now? Which is very interesting. That cigarette owns you. 
Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. Why quit now? It's done its damage. And he even admitted, I believe in that same interview, she asked him, do you think that smoking contributed to this cancer? And he said, probably so. He couldn't quite say yes. It, yeah. yeah. Probably. He couldn't probably. quite. Yeah. Yeah. In his final role, Swayze starred as FBI agent Charles Barker in the indie drama, The Beast, mm -hmm. which was filmed in Chicago. The Beast premiered on January 15th and ran for one season. Reviewer Alan Spinwall wrote, you watch Swayze in The Beast. You realize that this is the best performance of his career, that the opportunity to play a part like this and to play it as well as he is may be fueling his ability to keep fighting against the cancer. And you realize in an odd silver lining that the cancer may in turn be fueling the performance. One of the interviews talking about his filming of this, he would film for 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday, and then he would have his chemotherapy treatments on the weekends. There's no time to rest. Not only that, if he had a 6 a.m. call time, he'd have to get up at like three or four in the morning because he said he was putting it delicately, but he talked about getting the pipes moving and getting his digestive system working properly. He had to get up two hours before he really needed to, to get his body like moving and ready and awake for the day. And I mean, I, I don't want to get into it. My daughter is a cancer survivor. And so I know all about, you know, the plumbing <laughs> and the things that chemotherapy does to your body. It's not pretty. I can't even begin to imagine how old was he at this time? Grown man doing this. And my daughter, when she went through treatment was only 12 and 13. And mm. I mean, the kids like that are, they have energy, right? I mean, even if they are going through treatment, I mean, she was tired, but, and I probably need to go back and watch this because of this, just to honor him because what a performer, you know, what a great, work ethic great show of persevering to the end wow we need to resurrect this let's let's the beast everyone needs to watch the beast everyone needs to watch a beast i think that's a great idea i don't know where it's streaming but we we'll need find to find out. it we need yeah. to find out january 9th 2009 swayze is hospitalized with pneumonia which was said to be a complication of chemotherapy for his cancer but on january 16th just seven days later he is released from the hospital to rest at home with his wife on april 19th Doctors informed Swayze that his cancer had again metastasized to his liver. Swayze was a smoker for 40 years, and he once made reference to smoking 60 cigarettes a day. He stated that his chain smoking probably had something to do with the development of this disease and continued to smoke cigarettes while undergoing treatment for cancer. Swayze died with his family at his side on September 14th at the age of 57. His death occurred 20 months after his cancer diagnosis. And you know, one thing to mention about pancreatic cancer, most people that are diagnosed with that, I mean, we're talking six, eight months and, you, yep. and that's it. For mm -hmm. him to live for 20, almost two years, that's just incredible. Obviously, his survival, will to live, and I'm I'm kicking it, like he mentioned earlier, you know? And A&E to take the gamble that he's going to survive at least a season. That's exactly. crazy. Exactly. That was pretty impressive. And according to a lot of reports, his last words were to his wife, mm -hmm. and they were, I love you. And during that time, he, he was in a coma, and she stayed by his side the whole time yeah. until he passed. Great love story. September 2009, the same month Patrick passes, the book, The Time of My Life, is published. A behind-the-scenes look at Patrick and Lisa's Hollywood life and remarkable love. Patrick and Lisa's marriage is a journey of two lives intertwined and lived as one throughout their years in Hollywood. The book is also narrated by Swayze, which in essence is his final goodbye. January 5th, 
2012. Lisa Niemi publishes the book Worth Fighting For. She shares what it's like to take care of her husband as he battles stage four pancreatic cancer and his last days when she simply tried to keep him comfortable. In the book, she talks about her grief in the aftermath of Patrick's death and candidly discusses the challenges as well. 2015. Lisa Niemi sells her Los Angeles ranch for $2.5 million. Patrick's belongings were also auctioned off. 2017, Niemi has an auction through Julian's Entertainment Auction Service, selling most of Patrick's remaining personal items. Portions of those auctions went to fund the research on pancreatic cancer. 2019, she sells her New Mexico ranch for right around a cool price of $13 million. All right, everybody, here's one of our segments. It's Tana's Trivia, brought to you by the great people across the country. Thank you for everyone who watches and listens. Thank you. If you've been listening up until now, you've heard most of the trivia that I have in my notes. So here is an interesting tidbit that isn't necessarily about Patrick Swayze, but it's about his mom. And I thought it was interesting because I happen to think a great deal of these people. So two of Patsy Swayze's dance school students included Debbie Allen and John Travolta. I did I not know that. I didn't know that John Travolta took dance lessons and from Patrick Swayze's mom. How cool is that? And Debbie Allen, I don't know if you watched Grey's Anatomy. She's been a, a fantastic dancer and choreographer for a lot of different things. And she's, she's fantastic. So I think it was very cool that she and John Travolta trained with Patrick Swayze's mom. That's all my trivia. Wow. That's a great, that's a solid trivia. For one trivia, you brought a really good one. And that's Tana's trivia. Thank you, Tana. Appreciate that. Do we have any, do we have any quotes? Yes. We do. Just one. All right. So another, another segment is Tana's quotes. Again, she's going to give us one. Just one. Just one. That's all you need. It's just one. This is a good one though. Good looking people turn me off. Myself included. I don't know. I don't know. I don't ever believe that because I think if he was alive and could be with himself, he would. Because he's oh. a good looking. He's a good looking dude. <laughs> yeah, he's a good he looking was. dude. Yeah. Right. Come on. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Did we miss anything? He was in a notorious B.I.G. song. There were several rappers because Swayze rhymes with crazy. And also, after the movie Ghost came out, I'm going to Swayze, meaning I'm going to be a ghost or whatever. Like they, that was kind of like synonymous with, okay, I'm, I'm ghosting you. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to Swayze out. Yeah. yeah, there were actually, I think there were two or three different rappers that did that. Well, I guess well, that is the life and death of a Mr. Patrick Swayze. It's a little less tragic than most of our celebrities we've done. Uh, episode 10, it's a it's a nice, refreshing little life story. You've got any closing statements to make? We can learn a lot about how to be professional and how to be respectful and how to have a good work ethic and a good marriage just by watching Patrick Swayze. And Lisa too, especially if yeah. we mention marriage because some say that she was a, a rock that he needed and I'm sure he was there for mm-hmm. her too. We're assuming, but she still seems touched when she's talking about him. Of course. I think they loved each other very much. Yes. Well, that's it, Tana. Where can people find you if they'd like to reach you? You can reach me at Tana, T-A-N-A, at dead-celebs.com. And my email is brent at dead-celebs.com. And you can look at all our past episodes either on our YouTube channel or right on our website, dead-celebs.com. 
www.thepodcastmaker.com. It's been, a, go ahead. Don't forget to like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. Yeah, we need some some subscribers. We're we're creeping up. Gosh, we're too we're too much fun to not like and subscribe. Gosh. Gosh, spread the word, people. Spread the word. Tell a friend. Phone a friend. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tana. Thanks, friend. Have a good night. All right, you too. For a legal disclaimer, please visit www.dead-celebs.com. The Actor Factor brings the industry knowledge to you firsthand from professionals, including working actors, directors, managers, and more. Find it anywhere podcasts are streamed. If you are struggling with thoughts of suicide, please reach out. Help is available. Dial 988 for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline.